Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness. Again, I'm your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They are leading the way. And today we have a lovely gardener, Rebecca Lyons. She is a mom of three from Ireland with a career of over 25 years in the financial and commercial roles in industry. But after trying just about every idea from juicing to journaling, to keep her frazzled head above the water, she eventually came back to gardening, which she loved as a kid. Now, having reaped the benefits in the wellness and beauty of getting her own garden in order, Rebecca is on a mission to spread the love. She would love to inspire women running out of their rope everywhere to find joy in getting her, their hands dirty and then sitting back and enjoy smelling the roses. Ugh. She runs a free online Facebook group and does one-on-one video garden consultations and workshops. Rebecca also gives talks to other wellness audiences on how gardening can play a big role in self-care. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Oh, thank you very much, Lauren. I'm delighted to be here and speak with you and your audience. Me too. We've never had anybody on here for gardening specifically. And talking off here, hearing your story and how we we do all the things that we think we need to be doing <laughs> like you said in the intro journaling to juicing we all know what we should be doing quote unquote but sometimes like that trying and searching and grasping for it doesn't work so you kind of found a different way for you because it's literally connecting with your roots pun intended we i'm sure the show will be filled with <laughs> really <laughs> bad but good puns gardening um could you kind of tell us you know that the bio always sums it up so beautifully but could you tell us your journey from literally being an accountant to now in the mud and loving just smelling the roses what was your own heroine's journey that really allowed you to connect to you and so much more 
Oh, um, yeah, sure, no problem. So um, I've always loved gardening. My mother was a keen gardener and I actually, her uncle, my granduncle was extremely gifted as a gardener. I didn't really understand it as, as a kid, but I, I totally appreciate it now. He was fastidious, the way he kept his seeds and his shed and everything was all neat as a pin. And I um, stood at his elbow watching him do what he was doing and uh, looking through all his seed catalogues in the winter and, and all this stuff. But um, I didn't fully, I suppose, appreciate how lucky I was to have that part of my background. And I always had some kind of a garden since I had my own place, even if it was only a few window boxes. I always had something. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I, I, I took it for granted. It was no big deal. It was just something I did. I didn't really, I wouldn't have considered myself especially great at it or anything, um, but it was just one of my hobbies. And uh, that was fine. Um, I was working away, uh, had done everything right, gone to college, got my degrees, did my further education, qualified as an accountant, got the promotions, kept working and working and working and had, you know, a job that I loved, I genuinely did love it in a business where I thought I was making a useful contribution and everything was tickety-boo um, and then I had children and with the first child it's okay, I was ticking along, I you know, managed that but by the time I had my third child it was starting to get um, the accumulation of years of juggling I think were catching up with me and when Covid hit it, it really was difficult. And I know across the world, there was the closures and everything. In Ireland, they, um, they went for a really severe shutdown and it was prolonged. So there was no childcare and no schools. And I needed to be on, by that stage, I had a fairly senior position. I needed to be on site and we were making essential products for healthcare and food industries. So, that was uh, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And while all this was going on, the writing was on the wall that probably I needed to make a big change like that, you know, all the yoga and meditating in the world was not going to solve this problem that really I needed a root and branch relook at everything. But that was a very difficult decision for somebody like me to take. I had spent years and years working to this and, you know, I was finally starting to earn some decent money after all the years of putting up with the rubbish money. So it was very difficult to kind of get wrap my head around the fact that this might be um, running out of uh, road. And I suppose to try and uh, uh, distract myself from it, I, I did, I, I took to my garden. I didn't really intend to uh, go out there looking for peace and calm and all the butterflies and all that stuff. It, that wasn't really the intention. I think I was just looking to exert a little bit of control on one bit of my life that I could control. You know, that I think that's as simple as it was. However, I noticed over time that it was starting to bring me some of the peace that I was, I suppose, as you described, grasping for elsewhere. So I was starting to get some of the benefits of it without trying so hard. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, oh, my God, this was under my nose all the time. This is under all our noses all the time. Like Because even if you don't have your own garden, there's community gardens and, you know, there's there's always a way. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I kind of thought, I don't really hear anyone talking about this in the way I feel about it. So um, bit by bit, little by little, it gave me the, initially it just gave me the um, time to kind of calm down and make a sensible decision to leave and to leave a career that I loved 
in a dignified way uh, that befitted all the years I put into it and to not just, you know, run out the door or, you know, do something drastic. Like I, I managed my way out of it in a, you know, a properly professional way. So I, the garden definitely did that. Absolutely did that because there was days when I'd have happily, you know, put the pedal to the metal and never look back. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the garden definitely did that. And that's, how I came to, so I took the decision to leave. The garden allowed me to do it in a dignified way. And then once I was out, I started to think, oh my God, there's an opportunity here to really go after this and spread the word and try and help other women because I was acutely aware that um, the situation for working women is it, depending on what career you're in, of course, but in the kind of career I was in, is very difficult. Like it's very difficult to have a senior position and to be a present parent in the way we want to be, you know, many of us want to be anyway, present parents. And I just really feel strongly, I have two daughters and I just really feel strongly that I want to do something to improve it. Now I don't know, nobody knows how to fix this, right? Nobody knows the answer of what the work-life balance is or what the balance is in a couple or how you figure all this out. I don't either, but I thought in the meantime, I can help them realize that the gardening is out there, <laughs> you know, that that can help to buy them a bit of time if nothing else. So that is how I got into the gardening. Huh. So beautiful. It just naturally blossomed, if you will. <laughs> My mom is going to be so proud of this episode because she loves puns. So many puns. So I'm going to have to definitely shout out to mom if you listen to this. <laughs> the things we teach our children. <laughs> Oh, this is it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much in gardening, isn't there? It's, but you know, actually, that is one of the clues, right? Yeah. The fact that we use this gardening and growing and nourishing and flourishing and finding your roots and yeah. grounded and tree poses. The fact that yoga uses so many poses that refer back to plants and to nature. It's not an accident, you know, um, it's not the Garden of Eden was a garden, you know, like everywhere you look, you start seeing, oh, my gosh, it is kind of everywhere. And um, uh, you start to realize, yeah, I don't know how we do. How did I not think of this before now? You know? <laughs> uh, and I, I hear what you say, that work life balance and whether you have kids or not, when you're really ambitious as a woman, I feel like you think you need to do it all mm. you know maybe you want a family one day or have a family and you just keep juggling more and more and more in the time you spend connecting with yourself or with nature or you know the higher power your higher self it just starts to go down and down and down and down and I love what you said this like you were doing all the right things that you thought you should be doing to find that connection but when we're in that mindset and I'm the same way is like we're so addicted or programmed to be in that thinking mind the worrying mind the not present mind because that's how we got to this point in our lives because we made sure to plan out and try to control everything that we could in order to balance all of this weight and gr grounding in the garden really allows you there's so many different benefits but I know you speak a lot about the power of the presence and that's what you found through this gardening. Could you talk to us about your experience and maybe, you know, some tips that 
the women listening today, whether they have a garden or not, can really kind of use this practice to, to become more present. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I started thinking about it, you know, I, I could contextualize my experience in the garden within all the other things I had tried. So I think it was probably the fact that I had been grasping so hard and trying so many things that I actually could identify, oh, hang on, that's that. And oh, that's the other, you know, I could recognize what was happening because I had been trying so hard with so many different uh, ways to to find a bit of peace. Um, so I think uh, one of the reasons why uh, that it, it works is and why it brings you into the present is because it automatically is tuning you into probably more than one of your five senses. Like all five senses are engaged in gardening. So, I mean, you go out, you're in contact with the soil. That's grounded, you know, that's the sense of touch. Uh, your sense of smell with the flowers and even the soil. When you disturb soil, there's... Um, chemicals that interact with chemicals in your brain and set off a positive chain reaction. So there's the, the sense of smell is working at a, a, you know, a very deep level. And of course, like everyone knows, you know, it's aromatherapy, perfumes, everything are based on plants in the first place. So, um, you know, of course, the sense of smell is involved in it. Um, your sense of touch, uh, I, I, you know, obviously you're grounded, but you're also touching flowers. Sometimes you get stung by a nettle or you get pricked by thorn and, you know, nothing like that to bring in the present, you know, like that. <laughs> fairly pull you up um your sense of uh hearing because you're listening to you know you'll hear bird song you'll hear bees you'll hear the wind rustling or or even just traffic like i know it's not um that exciting but you know it does bring you into where are you what are you listening to where are you now and your sense of taste you know you will um you can grow things, obviously you can grow food. I'm not the greatest food grower in the world, but I still grow bits and pieces. I grow, I only grow what I know I'll eat because it's quite a lot of effort to grow food. So um, you definitely don't want to put all that effort and grow something that you're not bothered about. Um, and trust me, that definitely will not win points with the kids. So definitely only grow what you want to eat yourself will be uh, one of my tips. Um, but even if you don't eat it, like you can still have herbs, you know, you can have um, plant something like rosemary because it can grow anywhere. Like you can grow it in a pot, you can grow it in the ground. It's drought resistant, which unfortunately we all need to be, I suppose, a little bit more conscious of. Um, you can use it in table arrangements and floral arrangements. You can cook with it and, you know, put it in breads even. Um, and it's also aroma therapy you know you can just pull off the leaves and put them in a bath so um that will be one of the ones that i think actually it's evergreen as well so in my part of the world that's very important <laughs> you know that you have something in the garden when it's not gone uh it's not gone in the winter so um yeah that's a that's probably that would be my beginner's tip get yourself a little bit of rosemary because there's something for everyone and when you become a little bit more advanced it's one of the easiest ones to propagate so you can grow little you can grow more rosemary plants really easily from a single rosemary plant which means you have plants to give to other people and spread your love yeah so um but yeah the fight i think the reason why gardening works so well for self-care is because it engages so many of your senses and it pulls you into the present even when you're not trying you know you don't have to become an at it head on it it 
works, you know, it works its own magic. Beautiful. And for me, thinking about, you know, historically over time, humanity, we were mostly outside, really, for the whole of humanity. And I think just the fact of being with nature, whether you have a well-manicured garden or not, (laughs) or in the process of it, I think just that connecting to that, because we're not apart, we're not separate from nature, we are nature. And for me, if I'm having any type of a quote unquote bad emotion or day, just getting outside, you know, into the sunlight, putting my feet on the ground, just that little bit connects me back. You know, you can just feel your spirits lifting. And I think in our modern society, we're just, we're on the computer right now, glued to the computer, our phones inside. And we really lost that connection of who we are because we are part of all of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, it's a, it's a special kind of a hobby to have because you, you know, the process obviously gives so much as I'm explaining, but the outcome gives so much, you know, then you have a space, you know, you, when, when, you know, after you finish gardening, you put down your tools, you know, it's never finished. Like there's no finished garden, but you know, after you've stopped gardening for, for the day, you get to sit out and just take a deep breath, you know, of fresh air. Like that's magic of its own, as you described, just going out into it. Um, and you also have a space for you to enjoy yourself. Actually, it's interesting. I, a lot of my um, clients um, are women with children like myself, and they're not all, but a lot of them have children. And I expected them to say, oh, we want somewhere for the children to play and a mud kitchen and, um, you know, swing set and all. No, like I think you know, something like 93% want somewhere for themselves. So, um, yeah, you get a room of your own outside, you know, um, and, and uh, yeah, that is one of the things. And then you have somewhere to put down a yoga mat if you want, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a gift that gives on an awful lot of levels. And for me thinking, I mean, this is Witching Wellness Radio, so connecting to the cycles of nature and the moon and just like life itself is not linear it's cyclical and just Mm -hmm. having that space that's your own to connect to that remind yourself that you know this too shall pass whether it's a something good but also something you know maybe more difficult to deal with and just being with the nature and no matter what part of the world you're in it's just you know something doesn't bloom all year there's cycles you know just like I'm thinking of the really famous Buddhist quote, like no mud, no lotus. It's like you have to really deal with that mud and, and love that process. And then you can grow into and blossom. There's not, you know, just, you can't just appreciate the good. It's really about fertilizing and the process of getting into the, the roots and the weeds and the mud in order to appreciate the whole process at a deeper level too. Have you taken the anxious personality quiz yet? Real talk, not all anxiety is created equal, nor can you manifest the same way with it. Yes, that's true. You can manifest with your anxiety. I created this quiz so you can figure out how your anxiety manifests in your life, your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions. And when we have more insight into what are triggers and how to catch them faster, 
we're able to make lasting change and amplify what we want to manifest in our life. You can find out your anxious personality type at anxiousquiz.com. Learn to embrace and manifest with your anxiety today. Oh, absolutely. I, you're, you're, um, yeah, you, you really are reminding me of so many things when you're yeah. talking because, yeah, I, this, it, it, over here now, right, it's, it's, it's very cold and I can do no gardening. So for somebody like me, um, who, like the, the industry I was in was um, male dominated. Um, I think that was part of the problem I had, you know, through mimicking their behavior. And I'm not trying to be binary or anything. It's just, a statement of fact but I think by trying to mimic that I had lost more touch with my feminine side and um, my nurturing side probably but yeah so I have become used to go 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 but you know winter's here now I can do absolutely nothing like bar dream about what I'm going to do next in the garden or you know throw a little bit of fleece on some of the plants that I'm hoping to you know get them to survive the frost and I like that's an amazing gift to get that you just have to stop um yeah like you have to stop gardening there is no choice and the cycle is there all the time in loads of ways like yes when I cut down um some of the the deadheaded flowers and stuff after they've bloomed and have gone off you know they become the compact that I use in the spring so you're you know you're you're constantly recycling uh uh what what's in the garden is going around and and it's the food for the next generation of plants their babies are going to be the generation and you're saving the fruit you know you're saving the seeds uh for for next year but they can do nothing now they have to wait for their time you know they're you, you know i can't decide i want to plant these seeds now well i can but i'm wasting my time because they're you know they have their time and this is not it so i must wait for the moment there's other things too from in a cyclical kind of way because i don't know you're probably way too young to know this song but there's a song called coming around again and um I I I uh, played it over a reel over the summer, but I was probably lost. I think a lot of my audience were younger there too, uh, but I think was probably lost in them. But my point was that you know, if the plant didn't bloom this year or it didn't go to plant, it doesn't matter. It's coming around again next year. You get another go. So no matter what happens in the garden, okay, I know you have to wait. You can't demand to plant it. You know, in the autumn, you must wait for the spring, but you will get spring. Spring will come and you will get another chance. And it is always coming around again. You know, like that's the, um, it's just a lovely thing. I did another one, actually. I did another, you reminded me of another one. I did another reel about turn, 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 you know, to everything there is a season. And that is, you know, okay, it's a quote from the Bible, but the song is the bird's song. And it is, the truth, like I, that was the uh, leaves turning colour in autumn. And it just, to appreciate this as well, you know, that, um, that it's lovely. Uh, you know, when autumn comes here, I live in a very rainy part of the world, Lauren. <laughs> it, uh, it's usually our biggest problem is it rains too, too much. Um, and sometimes the ground is just too mucky to work with, you know. Um, and I was showing pictures to, I suppose, uh, reassure my audience that look, even my garden is a mess 
at the minute, you know. And um, I said, but look up. I just turned the camera up and you could see that there was loads of little crab apples on the tree, you know, that the, the leaves had all fallen down, but there was still beauty to be seen um, in it, you know. So you, you just have to, uh, I suppose, alter your expectations, maybe. It can't always be July, you know. It's not always July, but there's something beautiful in every month. I totally, totally, totally agree. And the part about the connectedness, not only with yourself, but the nature. And you talked about really using the dead leaves and the flowers as compost and, you know, growth for the next generation. And I know you really love talking about connectedness and how gardening as a practice, you know, passing that along. I know there's so many ways to jump into this, but could you talk to us about how gardening really can apply connectedness in so many areas of our lives. Yeah, yeah. So look at tuning into yourself through the presence is is fab. But I think this is where gardening is like so much bigger than people might really think when they think first. So um one of the things that so I've already described it was a granduncle and my mother who you know, uh, started me off in gardening, even though they didn't. I just stood beside them when they were gardening. There was no big, you know, ceremony or anything. Um, but they planted the seed in me, you know, that was in me to tap into when I needed it, when I was very stressed out and none of my own methods were working. It's funny how I went back to what I knew when I was four and five and uh, it was gardening that saved the day and I plant plants that remind me of them all the time um, like for example my mother always uh, told a story my birthday is in September and there's flowers here I'm sure there's these grow in Florida as well they're called sweet peas they're really fragrant multicolored, really fragrant, uh, very girly flowers so definitely if you don't know them look up sweet peas they're the easiest thing in the world to grow and my mother told the story that when I was born, that grand uncle that I was talking about brought this massive bunch of sweet peas into her in the hospital. Yeah. So every time she'd see him, the reminder of her. So I always, always plant sweet peas and I teach my kids how to grow them. And, uh, you know, I always think of my mother and I think of when I was born and they grow the same as the way um, all kinds of peas grow. They have these tendrils that allow them to curl up you know and I think oh my gosh it's like you know it's like a child clinging to its mother it, it just I, there's so much in that that I just think it's fabulous but so yeah I feel connected to people who are important to me through the garden and not just the dead people like people give me presents of plants or when I go around oh well, that's a lovely shrub they give me a little bit of it and I go around my garden I'm not looking at plants all the time and connecting with myself and the presence and the, the, the smells and the sights I'm there oh look there's that now that Tom gave me and there's something else that Mary gave me and look at that's going great this year now she'd be delighted to see that and I'm having memories of all these lovely people who thought kindly of me and gave me presents and I get sometimes I have too much of certain plants and I dig them up and I give them to other people and I know they think of me I know they do because they tell me you know oh your Rebecca's are going great this year you know <laughs> and 
that isn't it lovely? It's like having a photo album, you know, like a metaphorical photo album um, in your garden, going around and seeing all this. They're connected. And I'm planting the seed of my own kids, you know, like there are different ages and stages. Um, it comes and goes, depending. Some of them are bothered and some of them are mad into it and then they're not into it next year. But I love to think that they'll have the basics when, if they ever need it, you know, like what my mother did for me, you know, that they will have some kind of understanding that this can be very good for you, you know, and that there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. So I hope that I'm passing that on. You know, in this day and age when we're all so remote from each other, like on these screens and 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 it's great, like how else would I be talking to somebody from Florida without this? It's fantastic. But you know, you can lose track of the real world, especially after all the COVID lockdowns and everything. Um, it's a great way to get into gardening, to have a look at the plants that are growing in your neighbourhood well. So if you don't know what to do, you don't know where to start, right? The temptation is to go to a garden centre or pick up plants in the supermarket or I'm not sure where they sell them in, in Florida, but they're the kind of places here. But it kind of more smart way to do it is to look at what's growing well in somebody's garden who knows gardening. So you'll know it because it'll be the one with all the lovely plants. And they're the plants to look for because they clearly grow in your area, in your soil, in your conditions. And if you happen to spot them out in the garden, they will tell you how to do it. You know, they'll tell you how to grow. Oh, I really love that flower. They'll tell you what it's called. They'll tell you how to grow it. They'll probably give you some of it. And look, at there you are connected with a neighbour you mightn't be connected with otherwise. It's another little, um, another little branch back out into the real world, you know. And there's, as I mentioned before, but community gardens and all those allotments and opportunities to get involved with other people. It's its a lovely way to connect. Beautiful. When you were talking about, you know, give, receiving plants or giving plants and thinking about them, for me, it's like, yeah, that's connectedness, but it's just like, um, you mentioned a photo album. It's the grateful, it's a grateful, pra gratefulness practice going through and just really opening your heart you know just remember feeling those good feelings <laughs> yeah yeah and I tell you um I suppose at times when I'd be low I you know uh myself there's there's plants in the garden that were given to me as you know uh gifts of thanks so something nice I'd, and you know it's lovely to be reminded you know whatever has gone wrong today or whatever mess I've made of whatever it is today that day I was good, you know, that day I did something nice enough that that lady gave me those flowers or, you know, that it's a reminder, you know, of how one bad day isn't your whole story or one bad deed isn't your whole story. There's way more to everybody than that. And uh, yeah, it can be very useful. Actually, this is my tip now. I did see this on the Humans New York or one of those pages. Somebody described naming a flower after themselves as a way to remind themselves to think of their own nourishment and their own needs and their own self-care that, uh, you know, we're inclined to think of everything else first and not really tune into what we need ourselves first. I thought it was a brilliant idea. So, um, yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, brilliant idea. So oh, something beautiful. And I know, um, I just thought of another thing, Dr. I think he's a Japanese doctor, Dr. Emoto is his name. He's done a lot of like research with talking to water and plants 
and either saying like hate, hate, hateful words to it, or just like, I love you. You're beautiful. And the actual like crystal and the, the molecules in the water itself completely change. So when you are sending it love, it's this beautiful symmetrical, you know, pattern, but words of hate or just, you know, negative emotions were just not organized, just sporadic, just looked and look like the same cell at all. So I know I've heard people talking to their plants. I like talking to my plants. <laughs> I talk to mine. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not uh, but I would always be nice things, you know, I would, yeah. I would, start going, especially the, the young ones. It's amazing, actually, especially the young ones when they're growing. I mean, oh, come on, you can do better. You'd yeah. be old. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> And that's, and I think a great way to teach us how to talk to ourselves, right? When we're having those bad days, when we are going through it or just the season of life, mm -hmm. like our winter, if you will, it's like, okay, how would I talk to my plants? How would I talk to a friend and really learn to reparent yourself in a way? <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it makes me a little bit sad that that's so hard to do, you know, that we'll talk to this plant nicer, you know, to some random plant, you know, that's, uh, you know, nicer than we'll speak in with our internal voice all you know which is a, it's a sad thing but um i suppose once you're aware of it, it you know you can start trying to break the habit of it but yeah it's it's a sad habit that we have yeah but something that we can change and something that our, can definitely absolutely. help help enlighten us. So I know it depends on where you are in the world, but do you, if somebody's interested in kind of getting into gardening or they're new to this, what are, do you have any other tips you can give them to, to want to start this practice for themselves, no matter where they are? <laughs> well, yeah, no matter where they, no, yeah. I do, I do, I do genuinely. There's I, my tip about keeping it local is my first tip. Like I really do believe in that because that is the key to figuring out what's going to work in your garden. Look at what's growing in your locality and use that as your starting point. The other thing I would say is to keep it simple um kind of keep if you can try not to have an expectation of you know the hanging gardens of babylon as a starting point that might be useful because i think that is another thing gardening teaches you right it's like um it's like every um like any of these practices it does not respond to instant gratification requirements you have got to have a little bit of patience so a tiny bit of effort in a consistent fashion will get you way more results than going mad for two Saturdays in a row in March, you know, so, um, your back will thank you for it and your garden will definitely thank you for it. So I would say try and do a little bit and more often than, um, you know, going for the big blast. That would be uh, another thing and take photos as you go along because because it's not instant gratification, it can feel like you're getting nowhere, but you are. Even a couple of months uh, intervals makes a massive difference. So you'll be so surprised at what a little bit of effort over time can add up to, like with all of this kind of self-care stuff. But you can actually see it with gardening if you record your, if you take your photos, you know. So um, that'll be another one. They, uh, like rosemary is a plant for a total, total starter. 
I'd also say, and I'm not too sure about this in Florida for now, but it will be worth looking into. And if anyone is interested, they can certainly contact me and I'll help them. Um, spring bulbs, because while, yes, you must rest in the winter and you can't grow things, winter can be fairly bleak in some parts of the world. Certainly in my part of the world, it's darker. It's all a bit more miserable. And while, yes, we know spring is coming, spring can take its time. <laughs> so it is nice while you're waiting for the spring to come to have something coming up. And I, the spring bulbs, you can, depending on what you plant here, uh, no more than anywhere else, you can have some of them coming up very early in January and February. And to see those little buds pushing themselves up out of the cold ground you know and you can well if that can do it if that little thing can push itself up i can do it you know i can keep going or it's something to wait for you're kind of waiting to see how long is it going to take so i really think spring bulbs are something for they're easy to grow you can grow them in a pot you can grow them in a windowsill you can grow them anywhere and they give you that little sense of uh chink of light when it's uh dark yeah so maybe my tip. Oh, beautiful. I know I'm originally from the Midwest and my mom, I remember so many years of planting those bulbs, the tulip, tulips and the daffodils. And yeah, yeah, they're so, it's so exciting because you're like, what's coming up? What, what, what flower is it? What color is it going to be? You know, it's just the, for me, that's just the, the glimmer of hope. Like you said, spring is coming. It's, you know, this shall pass too. So that's, uh, what an what an awesome way to continue this practice all year round. And I know you have a free ebook that might kind of add add, add to their tips the five quick garden wins for everybody. Yes, Could you sure. tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's just for total beginners wanting to get started now. My way of teaching gardening is to keep it all simple and um, uncomplicated and where shortcuts can be taken legitimately, I, uh, I, I give away all the shortcuts because I think the most sustainable way of gardening is a way that you can keep gardening. And if you make it too complicated and if you make, if you're trying to follow it to the absolute end of some of the, the expert gardeners advice, which is 100% correct advice, but it's not always sustainable for somebody who's got a busy life. And my garden is the busy woman's garden and busy women need to find a way to fit this in with all the other things that the busy women have to do. So I want them to keep it going. So my five, five quick garden wins are ways of doing that, ways of getting the absolute maximum out of your garden with um, the most sustainable amount of effort. So uh, yeah, that's the intention. Beautiful, beautiful. And that'll be in the show notes. So you guys can download that as well. But thank you so much, Rebecca. I can't believe we already, you know, time flies when you're so present talking about gardening. Um, thank you for coming on today so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on. And I, I learned a lot and it was just reassuring. It felt like a nice big warm hug about connecting with yourself and nature and in your garden. Yeah. Oh, and I'm so delighted that um, you feel that way, but it was fabulous speaking to you too. And I hope that somebody will go out and plant something now. That's uh, that's all I hope for, that somebody will um, have a rethink. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we close the show the same way every week. And like I said before, thank you so much for your time and presence and connectedness today on the show. How may we 
as an act of gratitude, be of service for you or, you know, plant a seed, if you will, to pay it forward for, for your time and love today? Oh, well, I would love if they planted a plant yes. first. That would be my main goal. Plant anything or buy a plant and keep it. Uh, that would be my first one. But if they wanted to check me out, I'm The Busy Woman's Garden on Facebook and Instagram. And I'd love to see them in the Facebook group if they have time. I'd love to connect with anyone. And if anyone has any questions at all, I really, really uh, welcome them. And don't be one bit shy. And don't think it's too simple a question either because um you know we all started off somewhere and not everybody is lucky to have the mother uh, who was into gardening you know i understand that so i'm um, delighted awesome thank you thank you rebecca it was such a pleasure having you on today great thank you too and remember open up surrender trust and let your body lead the way